was trying to grab something and I knocked my VR uh, knuckles off because I got the uh, I got the Valve Index like literally the day before it sold out. Everything's fucking sold out right now. Yeah, Why is I got it? it the day before. Well, it's because uh, VR is finally exploding. There's yeah. enough um, influencers playing it, so the you know the general public who follow the influencers who do everything the influencers do are finally buying into it. Um, it's it's big comp- gone. Like I was just looking to buy one because I got this new computer, mm-hmm. and everything You're is have sold to wait out. Like, yeah, there's people that ordered it the day after me that still haven't gone theirs. And uh, I ordered this back in November. Oh, okay. I'm way behind the game. <laughs> yeah. I'll see it next year in 2021 when they have like VR where you just like take an edible <laughs> and you're just in the game. Dude, it's not I even can't... like goggles you wear anymore. <laughs> I can't wait for that. That's going to be the best. Well, they uh, have it. It's called acid. <laughs> <laughs> Except when you come out of the game that you were fighting the police in Grand Theft Auto, it turns out you're actually <laughs> fighting real police and you're 20 miles away, but naked. Oh, that's too damn funny. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to this episode of Uncovered Cinema. I'm Brian over here in LA. I'm Will in uh, Florida, the sunny state, the beautiful state. Gotta love it. Yes, yes. It's sunny over here too. I mean, maybe you're three hours later, so it's probably not as sunny over there. (laughs) No, I think it's it's a little dark, a little cold outside, (laughs) you know. Who knows? Because we're trolls and we live behind draped windows all the time. I haven't been in the real world in days. <laughs> and besides from actually talking to anybody, this is this is the closest we get to to interacting with the public. Social interaction, yay! People. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we're today we're talking about uh, Bird Box analysis mm-hmm. of Bird Box. Really good movie. It's actually come out quite a long time ago. I think uh, we're at a year or two now. Yeah, uh, but. It's okay because it's still worth talking about. Much like you said, much like Snowpiercer, it's got those yeah. same aha moments and the qualities uh, that make it worth watching. And Absolutely. Uh, I think right now we're kind of like trying to tear up some uh, really good movies, movies on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And it's taken me this long since it's come out for me to even see it because I didn't see it when it first came out. I was way too busy. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't watch when it came out. I wasn't actually watching TV at that point in time i was just working uh jumping from set to set going from project to project and i was too tired to do anything let alone spend hours watching a movie but now that i've seen it recently i wish i had taken that time and did that and that was my phone sorry guys (laughs) working the ass off and there's probably another Mm -hmm. text from work as well uh yes (laughs) i got offered a position at the after the feature i'm working next month so sweet. Yeah, continued work, work. is always a good thing. <laughs> when you work, have work, a job work. after a job. That's so that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go into the film industry is because I wanted a consistent paycheck and I wanted to know you know when my next job was going to come. Yeah, um, that's and that's kind of scary. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, that consistent paycheck, man. That is huge. Being able to get in there and get that money. That's why I really want to get into the news or like TV shows or something where I'm not really worried about jumping from contract to contract, but I'll still get my union pay on a consistent, you know, six months out of the year type of basis. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Well, for me now, it's not even a possibility because I live so far out of LA. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to commute and I wouldn't even want to fly there. Honestly, it's too much work. So I'd rather just, I, I do my own things now and I'm happy to like just work for myself. It's, 
a lot less yeah. money if time if anything no money but uh at least i'm happy with the products and things that i'm making so yeah absolutely man when i <clears throat> sorry um this feature that i'm gaffing um coming up in april that is two hours away from my house and i am not <laughs> paying for a damn hotel <laughs> They uh they offered me like in state uh, travel, so they're gonna pay for the gas and everything at the end. Yeah, that's well, fine. But like two hours, man, two hours one way, work a twelve to fourteen hour shift, two hours back, sleep for four hours, then back at it again for twenty three yeah. days. It's like yowzers. Well, I, I love the idea. Now you see like all the YouTube videos of people living out of their car and stuff so i mean yes. you're not too old that you could just throw like a sleeping bag in the back seat and maybe spend one or two I, days there eventually you got a shower i understand that but <laughs> yeah i bought a i bought a suv for a reason you know yeah i got plenty go. of deodorant plenty of body spray <laughs> that's the film life people that's what we do when we're too yeah. far away from home and we're poor and we don't want to pay for a hotel room <laughs> well i've actually had a friend that worked uh in the film industry and was doing the super long days and uh, it resulted in uh, the car being crashed and flipped because they actually fell asleep on the drive home. So yeah. uh, that you know the struggle is real. I mean, they, you, they put in a lot of effort. Anytime we see a movie, there's thousands of man hours that get put into it. These people they put their heart and soul into it because that's that's what they want to do for a living. That's all. Especially when you're doing like feature films, mm-hmm. you've you've wanted you, you're I'm- basically skilled and honed in your practice that people that are important want you <laughs> yeah exactly i've i've loved movies my whole life my grandpa got him into or got me into them like movies has been my whole life and being able to work on features for movies that people are going to watch is amazing and, yeah. but like you said that the sleep thing is a huge issue there's one time i worked um two 10 hour or french hours so you worked 10 you got paid for 12 did you say french uh, hours yeah that's what they call them oh okay <laughs> I don't know why, but that's la la. that's what everybody calls so it. Fancy. La la, the <laughs> I don't I don't know the the history behind that, but they call it a French if you're working ten, but you're getting paid for twelve, ah. right? Um, so I worked two features at the same time, twenty three days each, uh, both of them at the same location, not the same exact location. They were both on sound stages, and a couple of days we had to go, you know, out go on location, but the sound stages were literally in the same building next to each other. It was yeah, great. It's great. So I worked them at the same exact time. One feature during the day and one feature at night. I slept in the parking lot and I showered in the bathrooms. <laughs> Dude, that's that's like a medical student um, <laughs> yeah. quality of ins- hours that you're putting in. It was insane, dude. I, I, I made so much money. So much money during that month. And I didn't work shit for two months. Like yeah. I was like, I'm just going to sit home, play my video games, relax, watch some TV. No, <laughs> yeah. You need a break because I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. learning myself. Like I'm at, coming into finals. I'm, I'm finishing my, my bachelor's. I'm just getting ready to start my, my graduate uh, program. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work involved and in, especially with finals. It's like, I'm coming at the point where it's like, I'm just, I'm just randomly crying at things. Like, it's like I have no mental it capacity happens. anymore. It's just like things are, if you ask me next week what my name is, I'm not going to know. And yeah, dude. That's going to be okay because I don't, I won't need to know. Hopefully I just need to know the things that I need to know to get past this next week. And then I can like rest for a week or two and, and like remember basic things like the face of my children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And it happens. Burnout is a real thing. It really is. Um, everybody's going to go through it. It's unavoidable. 100% unavoidable. But 
especially for film students because we work so much. There's times I work 120 hour weeks. We work a lot. Yeah. But what you do after you burn out is key. Relax, rest, take some time for yourself, take some personal time. You guys ever heard psychology of play? You got to play a little bit when you work a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's balance, man. Balance. And finals does not allow you to balance. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been calling my kids, uh, uh, boy and girl so <laughs> going into bird box you know that was that was one of the weird things yeah. in that movie right it's like she she called yeah, she wouldn't she even name, name her, her children for like, that's kind of that's kind of messed up yeah i know uh forewarning it's going to be some spoilers here but hopefully again as always our spoilers are going to improve the quality of your movie experience yes. so when you go and watch it after this movie or you're welcome to stop and pause it watch the movie and then come back and then you'll get the whole bunch of aha moments it's like why uh -huh. why were they doing these things because that was one of the things i was wondering too is like boy and girl is what she named her kids yeah. and uh but no i think it's like kind of a survival thing like i know if i was like in a post-apocalyptic world i wouldn't want to know my the people i was with you know even if they were not related to me yeah, I may not want I mean, to know their names sense. because then I'll be attached to them when they get consumed by invisible monsters. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Oh, and uh, just to piggyback on that spoiler thing. See, me personally, I don't mind if someone spoils it for me because I turn my brain off a lot when I watch a movie the first time. So if somebody spoils something, I know it's going to happen. It doesn't really bother me. If you guys look at it like that, then our segments aren't really that bad. You just look yeah. at it. We're adding into it. We're not really like killing the whole storyline. Just Absolutely. Yeah, possibly. I mean, we kind of are, but we're not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, uh, just go into it with us adding on to your experience. Yeah. You know? You're not going to have huge epiphanies by not listening to information before you watch something. It's like going into a test without studying. I mean, it's like, I, the yeah. only thing that's going to do is add to our story to this exactly basic story. it's not like we're saying you know kylo killed freaking um han Whoa. a day after the movie came out <laughs> hey you're going a little hey, too far there and like, was a, that's a couple years old you're if talking you about seen, spoilers and you don't want if you haven't seen episode seven <laughs> i'm just saying out of date <laughs> uh, uh but okay. yeah going into this movie i was always like when I watched it, I thought that was really weird that she didn't name her kid for one. Um, and she treated them like, I don't know how to put it. She didn't really treat shit. them like her children, you know? <laughs> Even yeah, the opening of like the shit. movie, opening scene of the movie is Sandra Bullock viciously yelling at her children. You know, in fact, she's, she's, I, I got a good story, but she was yelling at her children and like, if you, if you take this blindfold off, you will die to like a, a, a four-year-old, right? And their, yeah. their eyes are all big and like watering because even if they were acting, they were probably scared as shit from her acting this yeah, scene dude, she's to the kids. Scary. You know? <laughs> it's it's very similar. Like today, I, I went out to eat. I took my kids out to eat, and uh, as we're waiting in line to get a seat at the table, this mother is telling this couldn't have been three more than three years old. Uh, her son that she he he needs to make sure he hand sanitizes because the coronavirus is going to kill him and his grandmother what? if he doesn't if he doesn't wash his fucking hands and i was oh, like you're God. scarring this little child <laughs> you're telling him that his, he's going to kill his grandmother because he's fucking putting his thumb in his mouth 
See, you wonder how people get OCD. That's how people get OCD. <laughs> That's fucking scary. I mean, she's just scaring saying. me. And I'm, if you don't wash your adult. hands thoroughly, you will die. <laughs> no. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. So the synopsis of Bird Box is when a mysterious force decimates the population, only one thing is for certain. If you see it, you die. The survivors must now avoid coming face to face with an entity that takes the form of their worst fears. Searching for hope and a new beginning, a woman and her children embark on a dangerous journey through the woods and down a river to find the one place that may offer sanctuary. To make it, they'll have to cover their eyes from the evil that chases them and complete the trip blindfolded. Okay, you are Whoa. a good orator. Wow. Well, thank you. I've been practicing. Orating the shit yeah. out of that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you got to you got to give the picture what it's due. I know okay? cuz you're doing it. I mean, you're doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we start we start off like basically for me the the center of interest is the beginning of this story and, and the way um I think that the way that the writer of this movie decided to uh, to me it seems like they threw in a few of their own uh issues to deal with that mm, might have mm -hmm. been more relevant um for our society currently than when this book was written because it is written off of a it's a story from a book and uh it seems kind of like a little bit forced to me but also i I like the the reference because we talk all the time about how technology is ruining the world and also yeah. saving it at the same time because we're able to do things that we would never be able to do, such as right now doing this podcast. We wouldn't even be able to talk to each other because we live on the farthest ends of the country, Yeah, <laughs> but we're still able to Literally talk like we're opposite. sitting in the same room. And uh, I, I think that's kind of something that they try to tackle at the beginning, uh, you know, it's, it's like we, we kind of open to Sandra Bullock's character inside of her apartment. She's an artist. She's painting. She's she's like a recluse to the world. And the only person that comes in is her, her sister to bring her food and, and talk to her. And, and we find mm -hmm. out she's pregnant. And as she's painting, she's painted this beautiful portrait of a whole bunch of people. But none of them are like looking at each other. And they all feel there. There's a comment, I think. uh Sarah Paulson makes great actress too from uh, American Horror Story. Love her, and uh, she yeah. makes this this comment that they are all together, but they all seem so alone. And that's kind of like yeah. a symbolism for the technological age and how we are all too much on our phones and don't even acknowledge each other anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And um, being in the age that we are nowadays, it's it's so hard to be able to do anything without your phone without that leash around your neck you know you can't even people in dates now they don't meet i um organically they meet on all those sites and stuff now i mean some people obviously do meet organically but still it's much more common to see them on websites and stuff nowadays instead of out in you know the town meeting people i'm sorry did you say something i was texting <laughs> um, <laughs> no no totally yeah i agree with that i agree with that so yeah, what, so <laughs> what we have like and so this I don't know how this ties in with the invisible monsters, but also I noticed that at the beginning scene when she goes to the doctor, it's like everybody they're walking through this hospital and everybody's on their phone either talking or texting or video chatting. 
And then mm-hmm. later, these are the only people that get attacked by the by the fear monster or whatever it might be. And uh, the, the, the monster com- drives them to commit suicide. So yeah. it's, it's interesting that those are the ones attacked are the ones that are on their phones. I don't know if it's it's traveling through some... They're trying to insinuate that it's traveling through some sort of electronics or... Um, yeah, maybe or going to the people that are too... That the, the electronics are a downfall. Yeah, they're just trying to show that the people that are always in their you know face buried in their phone are basically zombies and dead anyways to everybody else. Ooh, okay. around. I like that. Zombies and yeah. dead already. Yeah. To everybody yeah, else. I mean, That's interesting. Yeah, you got to think about it, right? Because if I'm on my phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I don't communicate with anybody else. I go to dinner with my girlfriend and I'm on my phone. She's talking to me. I'm just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm a zombie, right? Yeah. I'm alive, uh-huh. technically, but I'm not really doing anything. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, ass. <laughs> but I think that's what they're trying to go for. No, I, I understand that. Uh, you know, case in point, I live with this every day. I've actually gone through a, a sort of mild depression going to uh, university because I go to school and I'm, I'm around 30,000 people every day. We're a small community. We're our own city, basically. We have, uh, you know, ha- apartments. We have our own uh, grocery stores and things that, that mm-hmm. are just for this university. It's huge. And uh, sometimes I'm at school eight to 10 hours a day. And yeah. all the, during those entire eight to 10 hours, I realized uh, I was becoming depressed because nobody during that entire time would make eye contact with eye contact with me or even mm-hmm. talk to me. And it's just because you're walking around and people are on their phones or uh, on their iPads and stuff. And they, they're walking around this way. They all have earplugs in. There's no way to communicate with other people unless there's an absolute need to talk to them. And then even then they're, they're, disconnected they're still they're still looking at you know whatever socials are online yeah on that same note it's like how do you even make friends because nobody's on facebook anymore i I guess kids don't use facebook and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i got offended because somebody didn't even know who paris hilton was (laughs) oh dear god no i guess i'm aging myself what (laughs) oh dude and it's the same at my school man i go to the school with a bunch of younger people right i'm 30 years old these kids are all 18 19 20 i've made a couple of friends that are around my age uh 28 23 uh good dudes but we're the only people in our class before class that didn't have their headphones on didn't have their head buried in their phone or their computer or like the random people that didn't have all that you go say hi to them and be like hi yeah and then that's it and you're like good talk bye and because of their their overuse of electronics, they don't develop social skills as well. So that's they yes. don't know how to talk to people. And I have no idea how these people are going to find jobs when they graduate because they they can't pass an interview because they don't. God forbid somebody looks them in the eye for twenty minutes, they're going to freak out and explode. You know. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so sad. It's so sad. It's like, come on, guys, just lift your head up a little bit social media isn't the end all be all that i mean coming from a couple of podcast guys <laughs> i personally hate say, my phone but... <laughs> i i don't want i don't really like anything to do with technology i i love rock climbing i like going camping and being outside and uh so i think if i was in bird box i would survive the fuck out of it like <laughs> nobody's oh, yeah, getting dude. me <laughs> i would be perfectly fine and like my phone i view it as a leash like i already said it was a leash it's 
it's something I require for work. Like I can't go without not having my phone for a week, a day. Yeah. Hell. Um, because I need it for work. I get all my gigs through it. Everybody that needs something contacts me. If I have a job, it's how I contact people is through your phone. That being said, dear God, I see all the time on those on, you know, Facebook. <laughs> Would you be able to stay at this cabin for one month with no phone and receive a million dollars? I'm like, <laughs> shit, I'd pay money to go there yeah. for a month. <laughs> <Can> I, <laughs> my damn sounds like a hell of a deal. What's, who do I contact <laughs> yeah. for this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Then, it, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Uh, so one of the things that they, I think they're also saying in this movie though, is that at, to some extent, the technology that we hate, our generation hates is also necessary for our survival because, uh, like, as I said before, it's, it's this, the reason we're able to do what we do. And, um, this is shown in the movie, uh, for example, when they're leaving the hospital, um, Sarah Paulson is driving the car and, uh, What's her name? Uh, <laughs> Sandra Bullock is oh, Sandra uh, Bullock. is sitting in passenger, and so she asks Sarah Paulson asks uh, Sandra Bullock to grab her phone, which is in her purse behind her, and so she reaches back to grab this form of technology, but that's what actually saves her because while she's doing that, mm-hmm. the fear monster, which is invisible, is only seen by the driver, Sarah Paulson, and yeah. so that co- that causes her to wreck the car. And walk in oncoming traffic and kill herself. Because once you see this monster, you commit suicide. It takes over some uh, innate impulse that we have in ourselves and causes us to just basically self-destruct ourselves. So, um, Yeah, I think they're trying to show that uh, technology used in moderation, used at the right moment, can be very, very beneficial, which is completely true. Like we were talking about earlier with the VR system. I think VR is the next big thing. I think it's amazing. Everybody However, does, apparently. <laughs> yeah, everybody does. Oh, my goodness. 2020 <laughs> is the year for VR. Everything, yeah. every good one is sold out. They're coming out with even better ones. Like, it's it's the year for VR. But with that being said, there is people that um, abuse VR chat. There's people that abuse, abuse um, the other VR worlds, and they sit in them for hours, hours on day. I'm talking about 18, 20 hours a day because they don't do anything else. That's all they do. That's abusing it. That's just like yeah. being on your phone. Of course, Even I abuse if you're it in a that different way, inter- watching uh, VR porn. <laughs> <laughs> you could accuse me of that. But hey, it's, if you that. can watch your shit in 3D, go for it. <laughs> Hell yeah. But it just it just shows you like... I'm just any, lacking a anything, dog and peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything that is good, if you do it too much, is abusing it. If it's unhealthy. Yeah. And I think that's where the, the movie was trying to get to. Well, so let me ask you this. There's... A part of the the arc in the story is that they end up going on this wild goose chase for this yeah. city of uh, survival that they don't even know exists. And this is five years after things have started. They've been hiding in houses and and dealing with these problems. Um, they've just they've adapted and found a way to not be not not be seen by the monsters and really yeah. th- that way is to blindfold themselves they literally blindfold themselves when they need to go out and search for supplies so yeah. one of the things that happens is she has this radio and she talks on the radio every night to see if someone will respond back and trying mm-hmm. to find other signs of life outside of her own and uh she gets compelled to 
jump on a boat down a river and and find this place where they expect salvation should be, uh, which is shady, first of all, because in a post-apocalyptic world, the last thing you want to do, as we've learned from Walking Dead, is go to a place of salvation because that yeah. might be where the cannibalism starts. But Yeah, seriously. <laughs> or some other really messed up things. <laughs> yeah. So what was interesting I, is this, again, this technology use is that uh, she... The technology in this case saves her because it turns yeah. out that there is a salvation. So there's another obvious use of the symbolism in, in this technology. But what I find interesting is that every night she hops on this radio and says, you know, is there anybody out there? Can anybody hear me and help me? And then before listening and waiting for an answer, she turns the radio off. Did you notice that? She does that every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. She waits like two seconds and turns it off. So what is that? What What's going on there? I don't... <laughs> that's... I think that's... I For one, I think that was a pacing issue with the movie. They just had to show that she's doing it a nightly thing and, you know, move Moderation, on. though. Yeah. Um, but I think they did that only at night to show the moderation. Like, hey, this is technology being used in moderation. It's helping her. Yeah. Unlike if she would have used that technology every day, it would have died and she wouldn't have been able to get help. It's short. Yeah. You know? In small so, bursts, it's good for us. But Yeah, exactly. Small bursts is good, but long overuse is not. Because she would have definitely died off. Huh? <laughs> it's a, in long-term use, you commit suicide. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that just put us in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. movie. Long-term use of technology, you commit suicide in the movie. Not real life. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what I, so I think, um, the, again, the director, the writer, whoever it might be, there was some obvious change in the theme that they were trying to present from the way that it was told in the book. And we'll get into that in a little bit too, because it's more apparent at the ending. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the entire, symbolism is as a movie i i know the monsters that are mm -hmm. invisible and can only be seen by an individual person represent us as a society not being able to stare at our own fears which i think is especially important in 2020 especially with uh the political office and and voting and everything that's coming up because yeah. it, it's we, we don't have a voice anymore nobody we have to find the collective voice and jump mm -hmm. on that river or we basically will be f flogged and and hung up by the uh on a cross because uh even you can't even s go from the norm and say anything even online because people will rip you apart for it so i think that message is kind of important uh mm -hmm. currently and it still applies even though this movie's a few years old but cool. uh I, I, so there's like there's people that are not affected by it, like they don't get murdered by the by the fear robots. Like, what do you presume that that what is? Those people they don't get murdered by the fear, but they end up murdering other people. They want other people to see the salvation or whatever. Um, I don't know that that was one thing that I was never able to really like figure out the symbolism for. I'm not really sure what they were trying to get at with that. Yeah. Do you think um, that has than, to do with maybe like uh, it's speaking about maybe religion or something and blind faith, how we sometimes just jump on board and we'll, and we'll become part of the masses just to go with the flow as it is. And these people just, it's almost like, it reminds me of like Nazis following Hitler during World War II. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I wasn't thinking that deep 
that is most likely what the writers were trying to get at. Um, I was thinking that uh, the people that wanted everybody else to see see the light or see the evil is uh, influencers. Like they're making fun of influencers. Because ah, okay. um, the way I looked at it, because I've always looked at it, the whole like technology kills, uh, moderation saves. But then you have these people that basically are slaves to technology trying to get everybody else to see it their way. That's the way I looked at it. But yours is so much more like so much better <laughs> like, now, as an analysis I'm, just, I'm pretty just... sure that it's yours is what they're trying to go with i'm just trying to think outside <laughs> the box but yeah that's kind of what it seemed like to me it seemed like you know it is reminiscent of like nazis just following hitler yeah. because even though they didn't believe the cause they just followed it because they were trying to protect themselves, you know, and like I would become a killer just to protect my own ass. And that's kind of what these people were doing. So we have like scenes of like this guy on the boat, you know, well, she's on a boat and he's, he's trying to like rip them, rip the blindfolds off because he's like waiting in the water to go to them. Mm -hmm. And she has to shoot him and kill him. And um, I, yeah, it's just weird to me. Like we have some people that don't get consumed by these beasts yet. They're still present. Yeah, that's why I was saying that um, it reminded me of influencers. It's people that are addicted to the technology and they want to share their addiction to everybody else. Yeah. Get everybody else to see what they see in that technology. I'm not saying influencers are bad in real life, but that's what I got away from um, this movie because I felt like this movie was attacking technology in general and everything about technology and everything about um, video game addiction, uh, technology addiction, things like that. Yeah. Addictions to technological devices. Right. My sexual VR addiction. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so that, okay. I like that, that reasoning because then that also plays into the fact that she jumps on this boat and follows the river. She goes with the flow and that's kind uh, of yeah, the thing the that saves society. Her. So again, it, we're talking about this, like, this maso menos piece of like their technology is good, but in moderation, technology is bad, but in moderation, it's good. And then going with the flow can also be beneficial and save your ass. But at sometimes it's, there's people that will just rip you out of the boat and try to kill you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And another analogy that uh, you can say fits in um, some way is uh, she went on an odyssey, like, uh, like Homer's odyssey. She went yeah. down the river she went on a trip that she wasn't sure about to get to um, a destination and she had to fight obstacles and enemies and foes along the way. Um, so you can say it really fits into that. So without actually reading what the, what the director says, this means it's really up to interpretations, really up to the individual. And that's what I really like about this movie. Yeah. It can mean completely different things to, to different people who people who are highly religious may see it as a religious right. issue. They're trying to find salvation through uh, this group that says that they have it and they're trying to like go and be with them, right? And it's all the evil in the world trying to stop them from getting to somewhere good. Or if you're like me and you're a tech nut, say like technology's bad, you know? Yeah. Even though I am all four games, I love video games. <laughs> I love <laughs> video games. But that's that's one thing that you can take away from it. And if you're a history knight, you'd be like, no, 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 this is Homer's Odyssey, but in a more modern way, even though it doesn't really have the Minotaur and doesn't really have the Cyclops, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It has foes that she's going against on a long journey that could take her life and those she loves. 
Yeah. So I like it. Now, I think that it's you're probably right. It's somewhere in between you and I, our thought processes about what this movie means. But yeah, I, it's probably a hybrid. One thing I wanted to uh, read is this this article about the uh, symbolism. And then uh, mm-hmm. I want to break it down on why I don't think it's real, <laughs> why I don't think it's a true meaning. But uh, okay, let me just jump into it. It says that there's a deeper meaning to the revolution that the sanctuary is actually a school for the blind. It represents the power of the blind faith, the kind of faith that Mallory has when she chooses to take her children on the rapids for both herself and her children while blindfolded. That decision that thrusts them into danger is ultimately the reason that they survived. The ending summarizes the upending of ideas that constitutes weakness and what constitutes strength she thinks that to love openly is a weakness and but openly loving um, no but opening herself up to love is what saves her children similarly blindness which is thought of as a handicap turns out to be the ultimate protection against the monsters not only are rick and the other blind people immune to the effects of both suicide and madness they're also especially well prepared for a world where the ability to operate without sight is a key survival trait. So that is explaining like why she's calling her kids boy and girl. I mean, it's, it's similar to we're kind of right on with the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, like she has to like open up herself to this so that she can like set herself yeah. free or something. I don't know. And yeah. I some think weird... the article is full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I do personally, but well, okay. because the reason I, I I think it's a little bit of fluff. I mean, it, it's got good, it's a good reason for the symbolism and it explains mm-hmm. it good for the movie. But when we look at the differences from the book and the movie, um, the ending is significantly different. In the ending of the book, they find themselves going to a school uh, for the, not necessarily, um, in the ending of the book, the are not going to a school for the blind, which is what happened in the movie. They end up going to a community where people would rather pluck their own eyes out than to live with seeing the fear of their monster. So what it's telling the book is essentially telling us is that people would, who can pluck their own eyes out would rather do that instead of facing their own fears. It's a, it's an act of cowardice that leads to a form of survival. And that's not displayed in the movie. No, and the way the movie has it, um, that whole line, like that would have been good, uh, a good review and a good thing for the book, but it doesn't fit the movie because that's not what happens in the movie. Yeah. And her going to this um, school of the blind doesn't really affect her survival. She would have been able to survive just fine at her place. It would have been harder. Yes. Not arguing that fact, but she would have been able to survive. Yeah. Now, at the new place, yes, it's a lot easier. Uh, the kids are going to be happier. Uh, maybe it's better for her overall, but doesn't take away from the fact that she could have survived at the old place. Yeah, um, that's a really this good article point. is basically you're, you're... saying that you can't. You can't survive it. And that may have been that way in the book, but it wasn't that way that they portrayed in the movie. Yeah, I, I really like that. You you kind of just gave me an aha moment, but that's that's really true because it has nothing to do with her survival skills. She's proven mm-hmm. that she can live in this uh, a post apocalyptic uh, apocalyptic world and and yeah. thrive in it, and she's not, well suited for this. So being at that, that school has nothing to do with her survival. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, she has proven that she can like all the mothers and fathers out there 
you know, I hat tip to you guys. Like seriously, a hat tip to you. She has proved that she can raise infants. Yeah. Nasty twos and terrible or terrible twos and what is that awful threes or whatever <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic world where they don't understand that they can't go outside or they'll die. They don't get that. And she was still able to not only survive, but to thrive. Right. Yeah. She lost her husband. That shit sucks. Sorry. But she proved that she could thrive in that environment. So she didn't have to go down the river. She chose to because honestly, I would rather be around people too. Just saying. Right. Right. But, so it, it it leads to kind of this character arc that's focused around her versus mm-hmm. around the issues because it gives her this opportunity to go from being a recluse, closed off to society, effectively something that is made her good for this world, made her mm-hmm. thrive in this world. But she moves over towards being open and and yeah. Letting yeah, her exactly. guard down, letting her wall down, which is kind of evident, like at the end where she she's holding these birds because the birds can uh, see Detect. the monsters, and so it's kind of like a tip off to being in like a a cave. They can you know know the gases that are there before we know. Yeah, and uh, she lets them go at the end, and there's the exact there's three birds which represent all three of the characters, her and her her two kids, um, and they they kind of let them off, and they're free, and it's this nice beautiful symbolism of them you know reaching this nice hopeful future and and living in there but really you're right it didn't need to happen yeah and and this is where i'm going at with that if this is an act of cowardice her going that river her going to that school is not an act of cowardice she could thrive where she was at she chose to make a better life for herself and her kids and she chose to risk her life and their life to do so that is not cowardice that is strength that yeah. is strength of character. That is a strength of an individual. Strength of character, same damn thing. But that just shows how strong she is as a mother and as a person to be able to keep her two four-year-old kids from doing the wrong thing and dying and to keep herself from dying while going down rapids, while fucking blindfolded, and still having to fight off people that try to kill her. Hey, you're just She's describing strong... parenthood. That's all it is. <laughs> damn that's, right, dude. That's what we do every this day. Is... This movie is not a movie about facing your fears, about being scared and all that shit. No, this is a evolution of a woman who never wanted to be a mother, never wanted to be a mother, who's a recluse from society, evolving, flourishing, and flowering as a good mother and someone who truly loves their kids and wanted to be a good member of society. This is her travel, her evolution. That's what this movie's about. Fuck cowardice. Yeah. Whoever wrote that can go suck up water bottle <laughs> damn it <laughs> and they did it all before the me too movement so it's it's yeah, not overly feminist <laughs> exactly she's brave damn it yeah she is brave as women have always been forever mm-hmm. even before the me too movement that's why we were criticisms of it and we don't think that it's kind of a it's as big as it should be because women have always been strong and they're the ones that have been carrying men on so oh, uh, dude I would be lost without my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, totally. The world goes around because of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you 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 wrapped it up in a nice little package. It sounds good there. Uh, what else do we got? <laughs> I mean, all I'm saying is Sandra Bullock, you did one hell of a job. That was probably my favorite movie you have ever done. 
and that's saying something. You did Miss Congeniality, okay? I, <laughs> I love, love that, that movie. shit. Yeah, <laughs> I love that shit. So, fucking kudos to you, like seriously, and kudos to the writer who rewritten the book to going from a woman who was too cowardly to face her fears to a woman that was so brave that she would rather um, risk her life than uh, live alone. Yeah, I so I, I, I think I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and. As you said, there's a lot of room for interpretation in there. The, the movie, yes. if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's very good. It's on Netflix. Bird Box is what it's called. And uh, it, there's a lot of questionable interpretation. So you, you'll you spend several hours after watching this movie just thinking about, well, what what did that mean? What What's going on here? What were they, what were they trying to say mm-hmm. when they did this and that? And just like <laughs> what we've been doing. And, and this is just our theory about what they thought it might be and i know we we gave opportunity to provide somebody else's theory and and their symbolism mm-hmm. of what they thought it was and uh we just happen to disagree with it and that's that's just the way yeah. it is unless we get the it's straight from the horse's mouth which in this case mm-hmm. would be several horses because there was written on the book and they were trying to interpret and refilter that meaning to mean something else and yeah uh, it's, and it's, it's, w- and one thing you guys got to remember with adaptations, we're going to do a whole episode on adaptations, so don't worry. But with yes, adaptations, um, you're not, you don't look at the original source material. The source material may say one thing. And everybody has a very clear, she's a coward in the main source material, blah, 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 blah. But when you do an adaptation, you have to look at what the adaptation is as an individual, as a solo, because that's what it is, right? right? The Harry Potter books, different. Twilight, different. This Bird Box movie is different. Okay? You can't look at it as the same. You can't look at anything like that the same. Look at the um, Bohemian and Rhapsody, right? The song? Yeah. Dear God, I can't tell you how many adaptations there are, but every single one is uh, is different. Even though they have the same words, they all give a different meaning to the song. They all give a different meaning to the world, the universe that the song is in. If you don't believe me, do yourself a favor. Watch William Shatner and Bohemian Rhapsody. Spoken word? Is that what it was? No, no, no. He he did a music video. Oh, gosh. (laughs) William Shatner sings Bohemian Rhapsody. And tell me that that that's the same damn song that originally came out. I'm just saying. Well, just saying. Also, while you're looking on there, there's a very funny reinterpretation of Bird Box played with uh big bird <laughs> it's set to look like a scary movie but it's actually just big bird attacking them in different <laughs> scenarios it's pretty it's pretty hilarious it's uh, it's worth that. your three minutes so <laughs> absolutely dude no we we're, we're gonna change our podcast people the name of our podcast is just gonna be symbolism the podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty symbolic <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to (laughs) Uncovered Cinema. Uh, Yes, thank you guys. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. Uh, Feel free to find us online. We're Facebook users. So, well, we got all all, all the handles, the Instagram, the Twitter, Mm -hmm. um, at Uncovered Cinema. But the reason I mentioned Facebook is because we uh, we've actually haven't done it for a few weeks, but because we're moving out of beta mode into what comes after beta. Uh, Real alpha? We're, I don't know. We're we're moving from alpha to beta. Uh, yeah, there That's we go. What it, we're moving into we're moving whatever. From alpha to beta, trying to figure things out, trying to adjust yeah, and stuff. So if you guys have any pod, like our stream, we do streams. Our, yeah, our streams, our streams and our podcasts and everything. So if you guys have any 
Uh, questions, comments, concerns, please email us. Shoot us a comment. Hell, if you guys comment down, we'll see them right away. Yeah. We are very active on that. So just let us know. Like, yeah. let us know if something's not working. Let us know if something is working. You know? And improves. if you can find a way to put two people's faces on a stream at the same time, <laughs> that's, that's the problem <laughs> we've been know. having. <laughs> We're old. Yeah. As you can tell from this, uh, this uh, podcast, we don't know technology very well. <laughs> Which is great coming from a computer engineer. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, coming from a guy who's in school to learn yeah. computer engineering and then, who works as an electrician in the film union in IATSE consistently on set. I don't, don't know technology easy. very well, so that's just safe. Well, my day job is content producing. I, I work on other shows and produce content, which means I put it on all their socials. I'm basically a social media manager, and I still don't know how to do it for myself. It's easier... When you're on the outside looking in, because you could say, "Hey, this is what you need to do." Bada bop, 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 and it's all done. Well, what do you yeah, do for yourself? You're like, "What the it. fuck? How do I present <laughs> yeah. myself? How do I look? What do I? What do I? What do I do? It's what's?" And then things change so fast. I remember there was a time yeah, where they do. I knew how to use Snapchat, and then it evolves so fast that I don't even know how to log into it anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, dude, it, it's it's crazy different. It is so crazy different. Um, what? It wants my face? Why does it want my face? <laughs> I have to give What's thumbprints the... to Snapchat. What's going on with the face? Why is it? <laughs> Hold up. Am I in the FBI directory now? Like what's going on? <laughs> I don't want to be in there. Don't have look you guys at my ever Snapchat. heard of driver's licenses? I'm just saying. And they've always asked uh, for thumbprints when you get driver's license. Oh, so. always, always, always. You guys been in the directory for years. Don't worry about it. Hey, they already know everything about we you. We got to be careful that we don't go States. down a conspiracy podcast again. God, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in to our nonsense. And uh, if you guys See have any topics week. that you want us to cover, just let us know. Uh, please uh, comment, comment. We love the comments. We love the comments. Yes. And uh, subscribe if you're uh, filling up to it. All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Later. <laughs>